We are a minute late, but we are here, folks. It is time for your week nine review of Garbage Time. And I am now stalling while I get to the intro. It's time for Garbage Time. See what happens when you're not ready for things. You stall and your brands aren't up and your music's not playing right. Well, you know what? It is what it is. I, uh, I'm coming off slow in the first half here after being on the bye the second half of last week. So That's okay. Well, you got Monday Night Football tonight. I do. My team is uh, about to lose and I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> so what are we doing tonight, JJ? Uh, we're recapping uh, one of the lowest scoring fantasy weeks ever, week nine of the 2021 season. So uh, why don't we uh, go ahead and get started? I know we have a uh, voicemail from our number one fan, Christian. You want to get that going for us? Yeah, and to change us up a little bit, I think he's actually going to be a little bit friendly tonight instead of angry Christian, which will be nice on a turn. And guys, if you'd like to leave voicemails too, it's www.garbagetimeff.com where you can join the Heckling fandom. We're on TuneIn, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, obviously on the website and here on YouTube too. So let's hear what Christian has to say before we get into this weekly recap for the NFL. Hey guys, it's your number one hackling fan here. I want to give you guys a shout out for picking a uh, winning defense this past week by picking Miami over Houston. Although, let's face it, that wasn't really much of a pick <laughs> as it was more of an obvious pick. Uh, but anyways, thank you for helping me pick up 20 points and uh, win my second. Second week in a row, I think before it was cut off. That's what it sounded like. I think it just paused. Hold on. Let's see. Nope. That's all he's got for us. Um, so I did hear this earlier today, and he was asking um, when it was going – when he was going through his question. He asked if the Titans were a good two-week streamer. Um, and I believe that they were, too, because they got pretty easy opponents coming up. And their next opponent is the Texans. And I think you can easily stream anyone against the Texans. So – Again, Christian, thanks for the question. And, JJ, what is your opinion on that streamer for this week? Yeah, definitely. Uh, if It's very rare that you find a defense available on waivers that's facing the Texans the next week. They're usually the uh, top defense claim, so absolutely viable. And we just saw the Titans give the Rams a hard time, so it's kind of saying something. They've kind of straightened things out. They started the season off pretty rough, but they've been good the past couple of weeks. Yeah, who are they playing the week after that? Do you know by any chance? Because that was a point he brought up when he was asking this question too, and I didn't really get to see who that second opponent was, but he really felt confident in them. And I think he's making a good pick for his defense for this week. Yeah, I'm not sure who they play. Uh, well, I know they play – I think they play the Saints next week. So. Yeah, so pretty good streamers, I think. So I think the Titans are a pretty good option for you, Christian. I can see you definitely playing them the next two weeks and being pretty happy with them. As you've said the last two weeks, you stream the Eagles. Thanks to my genius advice and against Ron's horrible advice and got 30 points for your defense and got 20 points for the Dolphins defense this week going up against the Texans. So streaming anyone against the Texans is obviously a good choice any given week. And 
actually thanks for saying something nice to us. You know, we we need to be brought up just a little bit once in a while too. So thanks for that. It warms my heart, Christian. It's the first nice thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> Even though I wasn't on the episode that that call was made. Right. All right. I think with that, we're ready to get into the news, right? Yes, there's actually a uh, decent amount of news this week. So why don't we go ahead and get into it? All right. News updates. You want to alternate news stories or do you want me to go down the list? Let's go back and forth. All right. So I'll go with Antonio Brown that was still seen in a walking boot Monday. Is that concerning for this weekend? Do you think he's even got a shot to play? I think he has a shot. Um, could be a little gamesmanship, but if he's legitimately still in the boot and not just milking it so he doesn't have to practice, it definitely could be a concern because it's unfortunate too because they have a good matchup versus the Washington football team who have been pretty terrible against receivers fantasy-wise. Yeah, I agree with that too, but it is quite beneficial to the rest of the receivers in that core um, who have been getting on both ends right here. I believe uh, Evans and Godwin have been seeing 25% of the targets on both ends there, so Brady's spreading the ball quite a bit around on both sides of the ball, and Brown being out is really helping those two wide receivers. I am prolifically a Brown owner across many leagues because I saw him as a good value this year, Mm -hmm. so I'm hoping he gets back this week, but I'm not too optimistic that he will, and unfortunately... They didn't put him on the IR, and this will be his third week being out, so I really got screwed being able to add some to my roster doing that, as many fantasy owners did. So let's hope that we actually get some value out of him this weekend and he plays. Not too optimistic, though. Yeah, they botched it with Gronk, too. He missed, what, like four games or something Yeah, uh, with his injury? And now he's obviously questionable again. But, yeah, just keep an eye on the injury report. I was hoping to get him back in a couple weeks, too, but it's uh, looking shaky right now. Yeah, I'm a little bit scared about that. All right, what's your bit of news stories you got here? Um, news that's uh, relevant tonight. Uh, the Bears are kicking off in about an hour, but the Bears did actually activate David Montgomery, so he'll be making his long-awaited return. Um, he hit that four-week mark like projected, so I'm personally a little surprised that uh, they activated him. I thought they'd give him the extra week after the bye week, um, but – I think they're just in desperation mode right now because if Nagy doesn't make the playoffs, <laughs> he's definitely losing his job. So Yeah, he's going to be in the unemployment line. <laughs> he is. <laughs> There's absolutely so. no doubt about that, just like Sam Darnold probably after the season. Just kidding. They gave him an extra year extension, so he's going to be on the roster no matter what. Yes, he is. All right, and with that little bit of news too, um, next we'll talk about uh, Mike White. So he is optimistically going to play this weekend. And there was also a report out today that Zach Wilson is still a little bit behind on his recovery, which is, you know, common play for coach speak of we'd rather go with the veteran against the bills. We're going to give him time to recover. So I believe Mike White is going to be starting this weekend against the the bills. And I believe he's going to be a decent start to potentially quarterback streaming number two, because the jets are going to get behind. Oh, absolutely, because we're going to get behind very early in this game. He's going to need to throw the ball. Never again. Yeah, never again, my ass. Why is that? Uh, You know why. I played that for our listeners. You you don't have to play him. They can play him. They can play him, but I uh, went with my heart and followed Joe's Jets fandom for a night, and I played Mike White over Jalen Hurts this week and (laughs) got my hopes up with that nice drive through the touchdown in and – the Jets threw for, I think, like 
over 400 passing yards and four or five touchdowns in the game, but Mike White ended up getting a stinger and a stiff hand, so he couldn't throw the ball and didn't play. That's and right. That was their third-string quarterback doing that. <laughs> luckily, I still won my matchup, but it was a little bit of a scare that I wasn't looking to have. So, Anyway, so you won't be starting him just because you're jaded, but he's a decent QB2 option if he doesn't get a stinger this week because the Jets are going to get behind supposedly early in this game if they don't, if the Bills don't play a clunker like they did against the Jaguars, and they're going to need to throw the ball a lot. So Mike White is efficient. He's safe with the ball, and I think he's going to be a good play for a wide receiver too, unless you're JJ and you're not playing him. Um, and a little bit of other news too, Mike McGlinchey is out for the season for the 49ers. Do you think that's going to affect this running game at all, or are they going to be fine moving on without him? I think they'll probably be okay. Uh, 49ers have been the uh, poster child of injuries for the NFL these past couple of years, so I think they'll find a way around it. Right tackle is obviously important, but it's a uh, position I think that they can fill with the depth they have on their team, so I, I think they're okay. But uh, fortunate. Yeah. Was there a uh, certain wide receiver signed by the Raiders today? Yes. Mr. Deshaun Jackson uh, thinks that the Raiders are going to be his uh, best spot. I don't know if I said that weird, but um, <laughs> he handpicked the Raiders. Obviously, they have a hole there with whole Henry Ruggs situation. So he is the new speedster for the Raiders. And uh, let's hope Derek Carr can get him the ball enough to satisfy him. Do you think that's going to preclude them from potentially picking up Odell Beckham when he hits the waivers tomorrow? Yeah, I don't think Beckham's going to the Raiders. So there was also a report out today that the teams he seems to be interested in, if he clears waivers, are the 49ers, the Seahawks, and the Saints. Do you think any of those spots are going to be his landing spot, or do you think there's going to be a dark horse team out in the wings? I just don't think that – those teams make a whole lot of sense. Um, I think the Seahawks would be really bad. I think so too for fantasy. DK for fantasy and locker room wise, DK Metcalf already doesn't think he gets the ball enough. So you bring in another receiver that wants massive, a massive share of targets. It's just not a good fit. No, I don't think so either. The 49ers have two young, talented receivers. Ayuk's finally starting to come into his own. We'll get into that, but. You throw Odell Beckham in there, I think it's just a, uh, you know, a stick on the tires. And then as far as the Saints, they don't have a quarterback right now. If you had Jameis Winston, I could see it. But Hill, Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, uh, are they going to get Beckham the targets that he wants? I think the location makes sense, but the personnel does not. So No, I could see him going there initially being happy and then pretty jaded when he's only getting three targets a game. Uh, and I think that's what would happen in that offense. I agree with you. I really don't think there's a good fit for him on the league. Um, there's one spot I think makes sense to me, uh, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Go ahead and give your answer. You froze there. Yeah, you froze on mine too. I think the uh, Chiefs make sense. Um they're an offense that's struggling right now. I know they added Josh Gordon, but he hasn't really done much. Um, I think they could just use a, a splash or something new on offense. <laughs> uh, can't get any worse than it is right now. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but they're really, I don't believe, is a very good fit for him. I could see 
maybe New England taking on a chance for him because yeah. so the offense is so conservative. There's like you think about the offenses that like air it out. The Bills, but they got Sanders who's playing well. Cole Beasley, they got Miles to feed. There's yeah. Comment yeah. below uh who you think is the best fit for Odell Beckham and I'll share this on Twitter too and see what what the haggling fan thinks. Where where should Beckham go? Yeah, and interesting other news too. Uh, according to a reporter uh, in the Denver area, I believe they were splashing out that uh, Jerry Judy, even with a lower amount of yards, was getting 25% of the target before you freeze up again. Yeah, you recent to having some technical difficulties folks um yeah i saw a uh, tweet from mike clay that uh let me find it i'll pull it up but basically it implies that with jerry judy in the mix in the broncos offense Cortland sutton is basically useless but interestingly enough him being proverbially useless him tim patrick and Cortland sutton were all usable last game was that a symptom of them playing the cowboys who have a very shaky secondary well sutton didn't have a good game did he no but he got a lot of targets yeah i don't know that i think the the uh, secondary for dallas everyone says trayvon diggs trayvon diggs you know he's getting the interceptions but i wouldn't exactly characterize him as a lockdown corner he doesn't really and i'm going into a matchup it doesn't really scare me that bad Sutton actually didn't have Sutton only had two targets. Then I so, guess I guess I'm wrong. Then Jerry Judy will be the proverbial number one going forward. Um, and I think we did predict that too from what we saw in Week One too. I think they want to push him to be the number one wide receiver that will push Sutton to a inconsistent number two slash three receiver for fantasy football going forward. So here here's a tweet from Mike Clay. It says Cortland Sutton. Three games with Jerry Judy, he has 12.3 total fantasy points. That's in three games. He's only has mm -hmm. 12 points. Six games without Jerry Judy, he averaged 17 fantasy points a game, 16.9 fantasy points a game. So, uh, yeah, he uh, he definitely hinders – Judy definitely hinders Sutton, it would seem. so. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. Do you know who uh, hinders uh, James Conner? Apparently Chase Edmonds. But absolutely unbelievable what James Conner did. Something completely beyond my expectations of him. I thought he was washed up, wasn't going to do anything in this league anymore. And look at this past weekend. Chase Edmonds suffers a high ankle sprain, and James Conner has two rushing touchdowns in the passing one. Who would have known that he could be the bell cow anymore? Absolutely amazing considering they were playing a backup QB this past yeah. weekend. It, it seems like he's uh, like been around forever, and he's a really old player, but he's only 26 years old. So... And unfortunately, with Chase Osmond, too, he's uh, expected to miss, I believe, at least three weeks with this high ankle sprain, too. Um, he's have James Conner going forward. It could be very helpful to your uh, lineup. I think he pushes for a running back one in the next two or three weeks, at least until uh, his adversary comes back. But we'll see how he works with Kyler Murray in that offense, too. It was with a different quarterback. Um, but I think you can confidently start him in at least a high-end wide uh, running back two, running back one role. So we'll see. I agree. Tyson, 
Go oh, ahead. No, no, last thing I was going to – last piece I had written down, uh, Russell Wilson uh, looks like he's on target to come back next week. And the earliest Aaron Rodgers is eligible to come back to the Packers if he has two negative tests, I believe, would be uh, Saturday before the game. So um, could potentially see two of the NFC's Pro Bowl quarterbacks coming back simultaneously next week. So that will be a fun matchup that hopefully or- the Packers lose. I kind of have a feeling he'll end up having to sit out again. Um, him being unvaccinated, he has to have negative tests a few days before it, and it was out a minimum of 10 days. I think he's in real danger of losing this other one, too, and unfortunately the Packers will have to play Jordan Love again, who looked absolutely terrible against the Chiefs' defense, who gives up opportunities to everyone lately. Um, so if they have any hope to win that game, if Jordan Love starts, they're going to have to run the ball very efficiently. And with Russell Wilson back, you know he's going to be looking to get hot nice and early because they're on the the cusp of missing the playoffs. And if he doesn't start off hot, they may miss it this year. So I think Russell Wilson's going to pick right off where he left off before and have an amazing second half of the season. I concur. And with my little last bit of news too, there was an interesting report out from Nick Cesarian, the uh, wider, the head coach of the Eagles saying that he believes that they have to get, Jordan Howard more involved in the offense going forward, even when Miles Sanders comes back. And that's pretty interesting because Jordan Howard got 17 carries this week, and who the hell would have seen that after last week? He got working with the offense. He got two touchdowns, but it was with limited carries. We thought Boston Scott was going to be the focal point until Miles Sanders came back, and here we have Jordan Howard getting his third touchdown for this week. Do you think he's a good pickup on waivers this week and going forward? I mean, he's got to be added, especially – you know, the way running back is right now, you, you got, he's worth the roster spot. Uh, he's looking like the 2016-2017 uh, 1,300 yards for the Bears, Jordan Howard, right now. So um, he was really out of shape last year, and it looks like he put in the work in the offseason, and he's looked pretty decent as the Eagles have pretty much taken the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands and uh, have committed to the run game. So, yeah, uh, I think he's worth the roster spot. I believe so, too. I think he's going to be a very uh, high waiver priority until Miles Sanders comes back. I think he's a running back, too, at this point with how much work he got. And he's getting work in the passing game, which is so weird because they had a running back they drafted for that role. They're not using him in that role. And Boston Scott looked out of the offense, I think, up to that point. Jordan Howard got the bench to work. But we thought that last week with Boston Scott and before that week before with Kenneth Gainwell. So who the hell knows what they do going forward? But the pattern right here says Jordan Howard for the next few weeks. So that's really all you can follow. Yep. And and I think with that, we are ready to get into the game recap of the week, right? And this is how we all felt after we and this is how we all felt after this low scoring week. Ah! You were wanting to rip your hair out before that segment even came up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm going to be later. So, <laughs> All right, JJ. What the hell happened with the Bills and Jags game last night? Uh, I really couldn't tell you. Uh, to quote Josh Allen, I played like shit. So <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Uh, Jaguars came to play, and uh, as our title indicates, the Jaguars' Josh Allen got the better of the Bills' Josh Allen in a big way. So. Yeah, Josh Allen met Josh Allen. The final score in this game was 9-6. to six. Um, 
really the highlight of this game, because there wasn't many highlights from either team, was Dan Arnold again. He got the highest amount of targets and receptions for the Jags. He's really a piece of that offense. Four receptions, 60 yards against a very hard defense. Um, Agnew again got five targets, so interesting uh, things going there on there for the Jaguars going forward. Um, and I'm just going to call this an anomaly for the Bills offense because it was just a really weird week. The Bills came up against a cover two defense from the Jaguars, and that seems to be the formula for beating high-powered offenses. It's what was used against the Chiefs the last few weeks, and it doesn't seem to work very well with the Bills. So teams seem to be figuring out these high-powered offenses, and I think these teams are going to have to adjust going forward. And these Bills running backs were absolutely useless. Yeah, it was bad. I think Zach Moss got hurt. I know he went to the locker room at one point. And, uh, yeah, to, I agree with you on Dan Arnold. Um, he had 60 yards, and the Jaguars, I think they had, like, something around 150. Yeah, about 151 combined passing yards between the two quarterbacks, yeah. and 60 of it went to Dan Arnold. So um, he's almost like a set-it-and-forget it tight end right now because Trevor Lawrence loves him that much. Yeah, he was a set it and forget it tight end, but unfortunately I had to release him because I needed a quarterback, and I ended up with Jordan Love, and I'm still going to come away with a win as long as Deontay Johnson doesn't go crazy and score 24 points on me this week. But uh, that kind of scares me because he's Mr. Consistent, and he could do it. So I guess we'll yeah. see after tonight. The players, have to... uh, Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson are both inactive tonight. so I'm scared. <laughs> Last week, without those two, the Bears' defense got shredded by the 49ers, so – We'll see yeah. what happens. And speaking of the Bills and Jags game, too, um, like we said, it was a horrible rendition of offense by the Bills, but Stephen Diggs did have 85 yards and was their leading receiver. He's highly disappointing compared to what we thought he was going to be this year, but going forward, still the number one wide receiver of this offense. Emmanuel Sanders in crap work got 65 yards, too. Um, I think you can safely start them this week against the Jets. I think that'll be a very high-scoring game because they're going to absolutely trash us, and we're going to have a lot of garbage time, which will lead to good Mike White scores, I think. All right, you and Mike White. I believe in the kid. I think he's good. All right, so uh, Denver Broncos and Dallas. You were talking about this a little bit earlier, specifically the wide receiver splits. Yep. Uh, another team that looked like shit was the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dak looked really off and rusty. Um, he was missing throws. Um, honestly, he missed reads from what I saw in the game. Um, and the receivers paid dearly for it. Mari Cooper, two for 37. Lamb, two for 23, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, yep. So, and that was on nine targets for Lamb. So they were just, were not in sync whatsoever. Um, it's a bad loss for them. Yeah. The running game was highly ineffective for the Cowboys too. Unlike for Denver, who had two very effective running backs in the game, and I think that's really how they set the tone for this game. Melvin Gordon had 21 carries for, was it 81 yards, I believe, and Javante Williams had 12 carries for 111 yards. Does this scream trade Melvin Gordon because he's getting the majority of the work in this offense, and this may be a high point for him where we're going to start seeing Javante Williams take over the starting role of this offense? I, I just don't understand what the Broncos are doing. Like, the goal line situations, they have Melvin Gordon in there. And mm -hmm. I don't get why you wouldn't let your rookie running back, like build confidence and get some numbers. And Melvin Gordon's not going to be on the team next year. Um, I tweeted it out on off our uh, Twitter page Sunday, but Melvin Gordon is really uh, kind of, I quoted, I said, ruining 
uh, Javante Williams' rookie season. He he could be the number <laughs> one rookie running back over Najee if Melvin Gordon wasn't stealing all those touches and goal line carries on him. Yeah, Javante is very talented car- ball carrier. Um, obviously, Denver's looking at the playoffs, and I think that's why they're splitting the carries. They think they're good enough to get there. Uh, they traded away um, a very talented defender, traded him right to the Rams, so we were kind of thinking against that. But obviously with their play here, they're thinking of other things than just getting young and talented, Then they're looking to soup up for the future. It's kind of like uh, ripping off a Band-Aid without going for the full surgery, I guess. Yep. Yeah, and just as far as the uh, Cowboys, um, the running backs didn't get a lot of touches because the Broncos really controlled the game, and then it was garbage time at that point where Dak was out of sync. So I think this one's kind of uh, an anomaly, just like the Bills game. Um, And the Cowboys got the Falcons next week, so I think their offense should get back on track. All right, is Malik Turner worth a potential ad? No. Didn't think so either. No. Anomaly week. Absolutely. Vikings and Baltimore. Yep. It was, uh, I believe it was slated as the highest over under on the week. And it, I believe was the highest score total on the week. 34, 31 Ravens. Lamar started slow, but then did his thing. Ended up throwing, um, three touchdowns, 266 yards. Um, my main takeaway from this Rashad Bateman is legit. He's very a talented legit. receiver, and they got Hollywood Brown. They got a nice one-two punch there for uh, many years to come with Lamar. Um, I, I think the Ravens are set up for the long run, so good win by them. Yeah, Bateman's very interesting. He was on 75% of snaps, and he was targeted eight times, so obviously he's going to be an interesting piece of this offense too. Um, and like we talked about, I was concerned about Hollywood Brown's uh, production because early in this game he wasn't doing anything. And then he's been doing what he's done the last few games, which is being very productive late in games. He's a garbage time wide receiver now, and it seems to be working for him. Um, I'm going to retract something I said earlier a few weeks ago. I was very concerned about Hollywood Brown's uh, points for fantasy football going forward because of him. But I think the pie only gets larger with this young wide receiver entering the offense and Lamar Jackson becoming a more prolific passer. It's definitely an interesting piece of the offense. That running game is not very good, so they had to evolve, and Lamar Jackson seemed to have evolved with them. Uh, Dalvin Cook seemed to return to form, too. Interestingly enough, 17 carries, 110 yards, and three receptions. What did kind of scare me about this game was he got hot early and had a very large carry and then kind of faded towards the end of the game. Is this going to be a pattern for him going forward? And is it going to be average if he doesn't get these big runs? Uh, I don't think so. He's going to get his touches. Um, the Ravens had uh, 45 rush attempts in this game, so they really controlled the clock a lot. So the Vikings couldn't really – I mean, I think the Vikings want to do that too, but they just seemed, didn't get that chance. And Dalvin's got a good matchup next week versus the uh, – we plays the Chargers, whose run defense isn't uh, anything special. So I think he's all right. So we're going to ask you here. I had a bye week with no stressing. What does that supposed to mean? Do you just forget to set your lineup this week, or do you have no internet like we're having trouble with right now? Like, what's going on with that? How could you potentially well, have a bye week of fantasy football unless you're talking about your favorite team? My, my interpretation is some leagues, like if you have an odd number of teams, um, one team gets a bye every week. I've oh, actually, seen that happen before. Actually, I kind of like that. I don't. I want to play every week. <laughs> just kidding. 
So it sounds like you guys need to get another teammate is what you need to do. So you don't have to worry about going on a bye. And he's got another opinion fact here, even though he was on bye week. He says, I have James Conner, which is good, and the Giants have a bye week. Saquon Barkley is not playing, and Henry is out. So I'm lucky I got him off waivers three weeks ago. Yeah, I would say so. And Connor, I think, is going to be, like we said, very productive for you at least the next few weeks. Um, unless their rookie starts getting involved in that offense, you have a true bell cow in that backfield. Um, the only thing you have to really concern about is if their starting quarterback comes back healthy because he's got running ability, unlike Colt McCoy. So just kind of look like that. The offense is going to evolve a little bit differently when the starting quarterback gets back there. So just keep an eye out for that. Uh, how do you feel about these Vikings wide receivers? They're fine. It's uh matchup dependent. Um, I know Jefferson's, he caught the bomb and uh, had the big play, but um, wound up saving his day the bomb. Other than that, he had two for 19. So um, it's okay. Just the volume hasn't been there the past couple of weeks. So I'll say that uh, Tyler Conklin has kind of emerged a little bit as a, as one of Kirk's favorite targets. Um, Thielen was just, I don't know. I'm not trying to start Adam Thielen anytime soon, the way things have been going. Would you trade him low right now? I I don't want him on my team, so yeah. No, he'll do this, and then he'll have a week where he scores three touchdowns. It's just he's He's got a little bit of Tyler Lockett in him. so Yeah, just a much older Tyler Lockett at this point. Um, just let me skate over the uh, Colts and Jets game, which was last Thursday night. I believe we were going to have a voicemail when my team got absolutely trashed. So we're still waiting for that from some of our heckling fandom. Edward, I believe it was. Um, but anyway, in this game last week um, and going forward, you're safe to start any players against the Jets that are normal starters in fantasy football. That freaking defense is a JV team, man. They were absolutely getting torched in the run game. The secondary looked back, and now Marcus May's out. Feel free to start anyone that you would normally start against the Jets defense because they are going to be a bottom five defense going forward. On the other hand, the offensive players on this team are very interesting. Elijah Moore got two touchdowns. He's starting to evolve in that offense. And any quarterback that seems to play for them right now seems to be playing well since they moved uh, LaFleur to the booth, who seems to be able to play chess from the sky. Um, that offense is evolving. I think it's going to get better, and they're going to be playing a lot from behind. And they have a very good running back in Michael Carter, who I think is going to be a running back, too, going forward, too. So that's pretty interesting. As for your Colts players, too, you can play all of them. Pittman, uh, certain games, Naheem Hines is playable, too, as long as they have a really bad defense like the Jets. So if they got a game coming up against the Texans, that might be a good play for them, too, in the next few weeks. Um. Just the normal players you would. And Wentz has looked pretty good the last few weeks, too. Any thoughts on that before we move on to the next game? I would just like you to read aloud Jonathan Taylor's stats this week and Aaron Jones' stats this week. Uh, do I really have to pull them up? No, I just wanted to see your face when I said let's, that. Let's see. Aaron Jones had, I believe it was 70 yards off the top of my head. Aaron Jones ran 12 times for 53 yards. Brutal. And Jonathan Taylor, I believe, had like 175 yards and two TDs. Or was it – God, it said last Thursday. Yeah, two TDs. So, yeah, Jonathan Taylor is looking like, may I say it, the number one running back in the league going forward. So you're looking pretty damn good on that bet. I've got a hope for an injury, but I would never wish an injury on anyone, so I'm not no. going to do that. Uh, Sue has another question here. 
What is a good running back off waivers? I have no running back two this week, and for weeks, for this week, like none. Jordan Howard's a good potential pickup on waiver wires this week. He got 17 carries and got some passing work for the Eagles, and he was a very good wide uh, running back. You have any other thoughts on any other running backs right now, JJ? Uh, I saw Deontay Foreman from the Titans get involved. Um, that's an interesting name. I know they added Peterson and it was kind of a committee, but Foreman didn't look bad. And uh, he's kind of more similar to Derrick Henry. He's like a poor man's Derrick Henry. He's, I think he's like 6'2", 230, 240. He's a bigger back. So, um, yeah. I believe he's a decent option too. And if you really want to bark up the Patriots tree again, I guess you could try Stevenson who got the majority of the work there this week. But I think they were just getting – all of their running backs involved because they were the only players that were actually viable in that game. Um, so that was just their plan going forward. So God knows what's going on with them. And Sue has another comment here. Them Eagles still lost. Yes, but they still would have helped you in fantasy. So who cares? Go with the player. All right, so let's move on to the next game here. So let's do the Raiders and Giants since Ron's not here. All I've got to say it was I was correct about Hunter Renfro, and boy, did he look good in that offense. Yeah, he uh, picked up the uh, extra targets, it appears. Um, I don't know what they're doing with Brian Edwards or why it's not working. But last year they were comparing him to Terrell Owens, and now he has games like this where he doesn't even have a single catch. So free Brian Edwards. Just let me gloat about that Hunter Renfro pick that I had last week. Absolutely. I said he was going to be a PPR nightmare going forward because he was going to get more receptions in this offense seven receptions 49 yards and a touchdown that's a low end of what he can do i think he's still a very good play for you and i think he could be a low end wide receiver too for you going forward a solid one because i think he's going to get a piece of this offense i don't give a crap about what 35 year old wide receiver they brought in he's a deep weapon they need a player that's young to get targets and it's not going to be brian edwards or that player it's going to be hunter renfro i believe yep he uh He's having a nice little season. He's quietly racking up the receptions, and now he's getting involved in the red zone. So um, it just seems like when the Raiders get in the red zone, they just, like, triple-team Darren Waller. So he has those little openings and creases out of the slot, and mm -hmm. he does him. Yep, and uh, I think both Josh Jacobs and Devontae Burka were all right in this game. They weren't anything fantastic, but they did what you were expecting for very low-end uh, running back twos. You're hoping Jacobs does a lot better because that's not what you draft him to do. Uh, you may have drafted him as a running back two this year, so that's not what his upside looked like. Uh, so, you know, mildly okay with those two going forward until Saquon comes back, which could be a week or two. And I believe Evan Ingram actually caught a touchdown in this game. So, look at the tight end can do something. 30-yarder, and that was pretty much – the extent of the Giants passing game. Yeah, um, that wide receiving core is so banged up. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you what, I'm very frustrated with Kadarius Tony. Maybe not him or maybe just the offense, but I think he's a really talented player and they're just not getting him the ball. So what are your thoughts on Kadarius Tony going forward? Can you trust him at all or what do you think? I wouldn't trust any of the wide receivers in this Giants offense going forward. Um it's really not on the quarterback at this point. I believe it's just the health of that wide receiving core and the play calling with Joe Judge there. Um, I think they want to spread that ball around, but unfortunately these guys just can't stay healthy. It's just a lot of bad luck. I think if they were healthy, they would be in a lot more space. I think they need the caveat of Saquon Barkley back in this offense to have someone to run the offense through, and this wide receiving core could potentially be a lot more efficient because if Saquon Barkley was playing, 
they would have to keep this wide receiving core open and have more options because they would have to account for the running game more. Say that, but their their receiving core they they missed Sterling Shepard, but Slayton, Galladay, and Tony were all active, and Ingram, and nobody did anything except the one catch by Ingram. So, yeah, uh, Giants are going to giant, I guess. I just they're so all over the place, no consistency. And, and Yasu, we'll give you your point here. Uh, Waller playing in any game campers the production of any wide receiver playing. He's a very talented tight end. So, very good point. All right, so let's move on to our next game. I don't think there's a lot more to cover with that Raiders and Giants game. So at Atlanta and New Orleans, what happened? Well, I, I have to say this, Joe, and I'm sorry. but Go ahead. On the uh, preview episode for the week, I know you and Ron got into a little bit of a debate about Taja Sharp and Russell Gage, and it appears Ron won this round. On the I did. Uh, he did win that round, but – Russell Gage wasn't the top wide receiver in this offense either. No, it was the it was the Carries who had two the touchdowns. The yeah, the Chaos. <laughs> but yeah, see, Ron was right. Uh, he was more productive than uh, Taze Sharp, who I believe had twelve yards. Not looking good on my part. Uh, Kyle Bitts looked very productive in this game. Twenty point seven yards of reception on three receptions. Boy, that young kid is talented. They still don't get him the ball enough. He had one 39-yard no, catch early, and then after that he had, what, two for 23? So, yeah, No, all that passing production is going to Cordell Patterson, who had six receptions for 126 yards. Is he a running back this week, wide receiver one week? Doesn't matter. He's productive. He's the focal point of this offense, and they plan on getting him the ball. I don't know why three or four other teams over a seven- or eight-year period couldn't think of this before, but he seems just a man among boys at this point. Yeah, what team let him walk in the offseason? What a stupid organization. <laughs> All-pro kick returner that signed for basically the minimum. What? So dumb. Yeah, so dumb. All right, Trevor Simeon going to start for the uh, Saints going forward? 249 yards, two TDs? Maybe. He almost completed that comeback. He started off really slow, and then uh, they brought Taysom Hill in for a drive, and then he, I guess it lit the fire under his ass, and he – Got the Saints back into the game after that. I think he'll probably get the nod next week. I think we said they play the Titans, so it's a tougher matchup, but we'll see. Yeah, and going forward, too. yeah, I believe you're right. Um, and going forward, Alvin Kamara is obviously the centerpiece of this offense, too. 13 carries, 50, yard, fifty, I believe 54 yards, was it, off the top of my head? 50 rushing yards flat, and he had 54 receiving yards. Yep, so he's obviously the focal point of this offense. I believe he had a touchdown to go along with it, receiving too. So um, the offense runs through Alvin Kamara, um, unless that certain tight end that Jason, that J.J. loves, Taysom Hill comes back in, then you might have a little bit of a concern. But, yeah, uh, confidently start Alvin Kamara as your running back one. I Going saw that hold on by the goal line trying to run it in. <laughs> it's what he does. Goddamn vulture. Uh, any other thoughts on this game? Uh, nope. Pretty much, uh, don't start any Saints receivers. And I think Kamara is the only one you can start from the Saints offense. And as far as the Falcons, it's just Pitts and Patterson right now. Um, I think Mike Davis may be droppable, but I 100% agree. I think he's droppable. He's really done nothing the last few weeks. And Cordell Patterson is the weapon there. Mike Davis is cuttable on your fantasy football rosters. Fill it with another potential spot. Packers and Chiefs. 
Did we learn all we needed to learn about Jordan Love and what he's going to do in the division for the next few years? Because, no. my God, he's no, young. He's, he, he's young, but it just looks like they don't trust him yet. Oh, they don't. And it, that's just the Packers offense, too. It's incredibly conservative time of possession stuff. So their scheme, it's I, I brought it up a couple of times, but when you have a fantasy you have fantasy players playing against them. It's extremely frustrating because they just yeah. eat clock and run very slow offense. Um, as far as love, I, th- I mean, I think as a player, he has the intangibles. He has a big arm. He just, um, he's young. Like I'm, I'm an advocate for young quarterbacks and giving them a chance to actually prove themselves. So. Yeah. Um, well, your team's finally seemed to give Justin Fields a shot. So we'll see if he's a fight. Well, Unlikely yeah, that. Back yeah. on the sidelines tonight, so it's probably yeah. gonna be ugly. In Jordan Love's uh, start this week, nineteen to thirty-four, one touchdown, one interception. So, you know, not a bad, bad start, I guess. I mean, against the Chiefs, but I was hoping to see a little bit more. But like you said, um, the game plan obviously this week was to establish a run and chew up clock, and they effectively did that. Um, Jones got twelve carries on fifty-three yards, and AJ Dillon also got involved, eight carries on forty-six yards. Um, Mahomes though, absolutely pedestrian again. What the hell is up with this offense? 166 yards, one TD. Darrell Williams did establish himself with 19 carries and 70 yards. I think you can confidently start him the next few weeks until Clyde Edwards-Lair is back. But really, what's going on with this Chiefs offense? Because Kelsey just doesn't look effective in this offense. I um, I was frightened watching this game because it literally looked like the Bears offense. Like <laughs> all the routes the receivers were running were short dink and dunk routes, screens. Tyree Kill doesn't even go down the field anymore. It's like I don't know what the hell is going on to them, but it's uh it's honestly it's concerning. Like these guys are you took them early. Mahomes was I'm sure the first quarterback taken in your league. Hill was probably the first receiver taken in your league. And uh this week they did not live up to that status. So is there any potential? This might sound absolutely crazy, but any potential in the next few weeks that you could bench Patrick Mahomes with the way he's playing? I mean, I don't see how you do just on the namesake, it, it but depends. it depends. It depends who you have. Like uh if you're in a keeper league and uh, I don't know, like Stafford has a good matchup. I, I'm playing I know Stafford had a, a kind of rough Sunday night, but in general, he's played much better than Mahomes this season. So never thought I would say that. I think Stafford's like uh well maybe not after last night, but I thought he was the uh, number one fantasy quarterback in the year so far. Yeah, he's not anymore after last night. <laughs> so with that, let's talk about the Titans and uh Rams unless you have any other thoughts on that game. No, that's no reason to spend extra time on that. All right, so we'll talk about that. Uh so Tannehill sucked. Brown sucked. Julio Jones sucked. The running game was all right. This That's how they won this game. They looked to get the ball established and push the trenches, and that helped them win this game. What are your thoughts on this game? Um, Yeah, just – what? Was, was, I, this, was this the symptom of them playing a very difficult Rams defense? Uh, a little bit, I guess. Um. Yeah, I I don't know how they're going to look going forward without Henry. All I mean, a lot of running backs got involved, but none of them really had a ton of success. It's kind of weird that they put up 28 points. Like, they're leading 
running back with yardage was Deontay Foreman, five carries for 29 yards, and Tannehill only threw for 143 yards and had a pick. Like, yeah, nobody really looked great. It was just kind of a weird game with turnovers. So, interestingly enough, though, Peterson had the most amount of carries with 10 right off the bat. And McNichols wasn't far behind with seven. So I think those are the one two punch going forward, even with Foreman in the game. Yep. I I don't know. I, I don't have as much confidence in the Titans pass catchers now without Henry. He really sets up that play action and gets the box loaded to free them up in the second in the uh deeper part of the secondary. So um something to keep an eye on going forward. Who the Titans got the Saints next week, who had a really off week this week. Um with Matt Ryan kind of lighting them up with a bunch of almost practice squad receivers. So we'll see. But Mm-hmm. It didn't look uh, good. No, it didn't. Um, on the adverse side, too, Stafford did not look very effective in this game. Turned the ball over twice, but his receivers were still effective. Uh, even with a bad game script from Stafford, Cooper Cup, 11 catches, 95 yards. Robert Woods topped that with 98 yards, so two top 15. What did I tell you last night? You were all panicked about the first half. And it turned out fine. All right. Yeah, but let's let's not celebrate too quickly yet. Deontay Johnson's still got to go, and I'm only up by 20. So Deontay Johnson could easily put up 20. I'm not throwing up the celebration balloons yet, but uh, you we'll see. The Bears tonight. I'm, I'm a Bears fan tonight, like you Have were a Jets fan last Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just get the experiences in there the same. They're just miserable. I'm uh I'm hoping for a big Pat Fryer mute night. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> I'm playing in the league. Yeah, it's, it's got to be hard for you. Um, and Henderson did go out with an injury this game, which was kind of curious too because Sony Michelle got the carries this week. Um, I believe Henderson is still going to play, but if he doesn't, Sony Michelle is the clear number one because no other running backs got involved when he went down. So keep an eye on that and potentially stash Sony Michelle if there's some negative reports this week on him. Just something to consider. Yeah, he came back in after getting banged up with the ankle. I'm sure he'll be like limited all week and questionable all week, but I would put my money that he plays next week, especially with them taking the L this week. They they need to get back on track next week. All right. Cardinals and 49ers, not the game script we expected. James Conner, like we talked about already, number one running back on the week. Uh, that's with this teammate going down, which we've already gone over, but – Christian Kirk, he took over a dominant role in this offense while his other receivers were banged up. Six receptions, 91 yards, and Colt McCoy looked very efficient with 22 for 26, 249 yards and a touchdown. That's what a veteran backup is supposed to do, and he looks like an efficient piece for that Cardinals offense. Yep, he was awesome. Um, He's been in the league a long time, true professional. He ran the offense efficiently. Um, Him and Kirk had chemistry. I I watched the Cardinals were on – and a lot of primetime preseason games, and him and Kirk had uh, pretty good chemistry in the preseason. I just remember that. Yeah. Um, so I, I streamed Kirk in a couple fantasy leagues this week, so that's good to see. Kirk is a talented receiver. He just kind of gets overshadowed by DeAndre Hopkins, but he's going to make himself some money this offseason in free agency. I believe you're 100% right there. Uh, speaking of someone that – it's starting to at least earn their money a little bit too. Brandon Ayuk finally woke up, six receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Is the man back? He looked good, man. I I, uh, I played him yeah. in our DFS contest because I scouted him out playing against the Bears, and he looked really good. He's a talented kid. Um, yeah, it's good to see him getting involved again. He's too talented 
for whatever for any uh of Shanahan's shenanigans say that 10 times fast yeah well the shenanigans but, seem to be gone because you know who else is back and doesn't deserve to be on IR George Kittle over 100 yards and a touchdown Hell it is yeah. damn good to see him back because back with vengeance. He, he is way, way too talented to be hurt all the time. So let's stay healthy, George Kittle, and do some damage on the league because many fantasy rosters need you right now. <laughs> yeah, stay healthy, and if you watch the game, he fumbled trying to hurdle a guy. He's just he's never going to change. He's just always going to be that crazy yak guy, but bless him. Yeah. That's why we love him. Yeah, and even with Debo Samuel banged up a little bit. 63 yards, got a few receptions in there. He'll be much healthier going forward, too. So Debo will do Debo things going forward. Do not worry about that. But uh, I think this offense is going to be a lot more efficient, especially in the wide receiver and tight end positions, which what is the concerning part about this team is what the running back position is going to look like going forward. Mitchell got the start. Pacey got hurt. And they just got Jeffrey Wilson off IR. What is this position going to look like? Even Trey Sermon's back there, who I believe got wasn't even was he even active in this game? I don't know. He didn't get a touch, but I think it's Elijah Mitchell's uh, job to lose right now. He's looked good. He got involved in the passing game too. He had five catches, forty-three yards in this one. Um, he just looks good. I uh, watch him run versus Bears. He's uh, he's talented. I think they really uh, wasted a draft pick on Trey Sermon. If you're asking me, he just looks like the more natural runner, better vision, um, better all around, I would say. So I, I think you're safe starting Mitchell going forward unless Jeff Wilson comes out next week and steals a lot. But I'm not that worried about that as of now. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I don't even think Wilson is worth an add. I added him to my roster just kind of as a flyer, and then I ended up dropping him because I needed the space. And I'm very happy to see they didn't really get him involved. Um, I don't see me adding him this week again either. Um, you know, end of the bench flyer potentially, but there's a lot of mouths in that backfield. And even with Hasty out, I don't think he's going to get involved. He might be someone that you could potentially look at next week if he does get involved. But I think there's other players that you could pick up that have more potential as of right now. And with that, let's get into a very fun game of the week, the Chargers and Eagles. Herbert. Looked very good, 32 of 38, 356 yards, two TVs, but an Eagles defense will do that for you. Yeah, Justin uh, kind of got back on track this week. Um, Mike Williams, again, another down week, and Keenan Allen kind of took over. What the hell is going on with Mike Williams? I don't know. It's a very weird situation. Started off so hot and was a top five receiver, and all of a sudden he's – I don't know if teams are – specifically taking him away, but he's definitely due for a big one. Yeah, it kind of feels like that. Is he someone that you target low while he's been bad for the last few weeks, potentially in the trade market? Uh, I would say yes. I saw that uh, in our Dynasty League, he was just recently put up on a trade block, and I am uh, mulling options as far as I uh, I already did, and I've already set mine. We'll see how that works. Oh. I, haven't, I haven't heard anything, so I'm guessing there's a few other people that are mulling options too, and they may end up going to the highest bidder. So we will see. I'm guessing that they're going to pit us against each other. We'll get, hey, this person's offering me this. What else you got for me? Well, you never know. Uh, another piece of news that just flew in. Uh, Pete Carroll just said that Chris Carson will be on the field uh, Wednesday. What? So he's. it sounds like he's uh, coming back this week. 
That came out of nowhere because I was hearing the potential of him missing the season. Yeah, where the, he hell, wants to did, where, where the hell did that come from? They want to try and give him a chance to come back this year, so we'll see how he does with that neck. I have no confidence in that. No, I wouldn't even try to get him on the field. Um, that they'll try. I I don't see that being effective, but you know, who knows? Maybe Pete Carroll will pull a miracle out of his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, Keenan Allen, great game. Twelve receptions, hundred and four yards. Eckler, focal point of this offense too. Both are good look going forward, especially with uh, the descent of Mike Williams. Uh, Keenan Allen was the number one wide receiver last year, seemed to have lost his role earlier in the season, but he's recouping it. What's your thoughts on Keenan Allen going forward? Yeah, he's Keenan Allen. He's as reliable as they come. Um, still a shifty route runner. Herbert obviously trusts him a lot. I uh, wish he could just score more touchdowns, but um, he's a great receiver. And I trust him as a solid wide receiver too the rest of the year. Jared Cook. Yeah. Jared Cook, four receptions, 48 yards, but should we be concerned that Parham got more uh, routes run than him? Uh, I've seen this a couple times this year. Um, I wouldn't rush to start either of them. They're fillers, in my opinion, Um, if your guy has a bye week. So it's hit or miss. It's kind of like Hooper and Njoku in Cleveland. They're going to be used interchangeably. So. Yeah, and is Jalen Hurts not the definition of the garbage time fantasy football mascot? Just does well in garbage time. He, he's a good, he's decent. He's a decent rusher, decent passer, good for fantasy football. I don't know. I'm kind of concerned. Um, they've really taken the keys away from him the past couple of weeks. He only threw 17 times in this one um, for 162 yards and a touchdown, and pretty much all of it went to Devontae Smith, five for 116 and a touchdown. So. The Eagles have really uh, done a 180. They were not running at all to start the season and letting Hurts throw a crazy amount of times unsuccessfully until the end of the game. And now they've dedicated themselves to the run, and they had 39 rush attempts in this one. So, What does Sirianni want to do? Piss me off. <laughs> his his offenses are so strange. Like He's either doing nothing passing one week or running the ball the entire mm-hmm. week. Um, and it just, it, it's like a, I don't even want to say a stagnant offense. Cause that's not the definition. It's not stagnant. It's choppy. It looks like the bears. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be nice and say yeah, choppy. It looks, <laughs> it looks like a bears stat line to me. Yeah. So. Um, so going forward, do you feel Devontae Smith's going to be very effective? Or is he just going to have his certain weeks where he's okay? Or is it just too hard to predict this offense? Yeah, it's, it's hit. last week I think he had like 23 yards. And this week he had 116. So he's definitely Jalen Hurts' favorite target. But um, I don't know how much you can trust it going forward. I guess it's matchup dependent if they're playing a good offensive team. And you can just kind of hold out and hope that they get into a shootout. But they definitely want to run the ball first these days. All right. Let's move on to this disgusting game very, very quickly and get over it. Texans, do not start anyone. I repeat, nobody. The only one that is – that's the only one I was going to say. The only one that's potentially a flex option, let me say a flex option, is Brandon Cooks. Their offense looked astoundingly disgusting. And as Christian said, thank you for playing the Dolphins defense this week because – you can play anyone against the Texans because, my God, they look disgusting out there. Do not play anyone but Brandon Cooks. We are not going to talk about any other players because they don't deserve it. On the Dolphins' side, 
disgusting too, but Jalen Waddle had eight receptions for 83 yards. Still effective. Kasicki was still involved. Um, but it is believed that their starting quarterback may be out for the week with an injury, which is going to affect their offense again. So any concerns here about either of these players going forward, or do you think they're the parts of the offense that are going to function? Shout out to Mike Gesicki for that absolutely sick one-handed snag up the left sideline. That was awesome. Yep. Um, Gaskin had 20 carries for 34, 34 yards, yards against the Texans. So <laughs> Jalen Waddle quietly having a nice rookie season. Maybe not super quietly, but he's kind of stacking up good games. Um, I just wanted to say this. If Deshaun Watson is cleared of all those charges and he goes to Miami, I really think this can be one of the top offenses in the league next year. So, Yeah, there's a lot of hurdles to go there. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how – I think these teams know more about what's going on here than they're letting on, and they know more about this legal system because they're asking about it. Um, I, You may very well see him on the field in a Dolphins uniform next year. Um, and I'll say this about Gaskins. The volume's there. He's, he's getting the touches. He just – Did you do it on purpose, Joe? Oh my god, it's just so bad. Did you did you say Gaskins on purpose? Yeah, I did. Okay. He doesn't deserve the S. <laughs> he doesn't well, deserve the S on his name. <laughs> well, he you give him the S on his name and he doesn't have one. Yeah, for Superman. He's not Superman this week. <laughs> he's, he's a trudging high volume Frank Gore there. He's just not playing oh, well. That is just uh, not the comp I would have gone with. Malcolm oh. Brown is Frank Gore. <laughs> He's a receive, he's a good receiving back that they just pounded into the line for completely ineffectiveness. Yeah, we're sorry, Gaskin. They're just not using you correctly. I had six quit. touches, but so so disappointing though. He he is talented, and you can see the talent there. I think Selvin uh Selvin Ahmad Silk. What is his name? Ahmad, I know Selvin and Ahmed. Yeah, he's. I've seen him run too, and he, I think he's immensely talented too. They just don't use these weapons right. I I don't know. They might need a Deshaun Watson infusion to make this offense better. All right, let's get on to this last game too. I know you got some Bears football to watch tonight. So, um, Sam Darnold, horrible. The Jets definitely got the better end of that trade. Three interceptions, sixteen yards. I mean, 16 uh, passes completed on 33 attempts, and Robbie Anderson screaming at him on the sideline. What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, it's a disaster of a situation for the Panthers. It's literally worst-case scenario. Uh, Joe touched on it earlier, but uh, the Panthers picked up the fifth-year option on Sam Darnold, which <laughs> in the 2020 new CBA um, means that Hit that contract is now fully guaranteed before you could cut the player and not have any – wouldn't owe them anything. Um, but now you owe them money guaranteed. So he's owed almost $19 million next season. So It's going to be nice getting $19 million from the bench, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I know he's going to get an MRI on his shoulder. Maybe he's had a shoulder injury on the season, and that's oh, why yeah. he's been off. I don't know, but oh, it is terrible. That, that, that's been a nice excuse for the last two years. It's yeah. Just, just a shoulder injury, huh? On a positive note, their bow cow Christian McCaffrey is back. 14 carries right away. It's going to do Christian McCaffrey kind of things. Uh, any value for any other running backs on this roster when McCaffrey's back in full reign? 
No, Hubbard had three carries for three yards, and he had one big play earlier in the game, one catch for 33 yards, but he is exclusively handcuffed for McCaffrey now. So if you have Chuba Hubbard on your team, I would maybe go to the Christian McCaffrey owner, if that's not you, and try and get something in return for him. Um, unless you're really, really, really thin at running back. Maybe you can get another running back back, but he is uh, 100% the handcuff at this point. Speaking of another backfield, one that is not a bell cow backfield, but rather running back by committee, 15 carries for Harris, 10 for Stevenson, and I believe their other guy there, Bolden, got involved too. The offense ran through the running backs and nothing more. What was the game plan there, and can you trust any Patriots players in this offense for fantasy football? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's – Historically, it's been a uh, a puzzle that Patriots backfield. So, um, I I still think that Harris is startable weekly. He's going to get the most carries it seems on a weekly basis. But if Stevenson flashes anymore, he could take his job. So, keep an eye on it. Um, keep an eye on the health of these backs. Watch the availability of Harris this week. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Stevenson is going to eventually steal that job? Or do you think Harris is kind of established gut, himself enough? My gut tells me Bill Belichick's more of the veteran kind of guy, so Harris will yeah. keep that job. But yeah, Stevens, Stevenson is talented, but he's also a rookie and can fumble at any point and be completely taken out of the lineup, which has already happened once this season. So, you know, he's back in his good graces for now until he fumbles the ball and then Harris is the starter for the rest of the season. So who knows going forward? Um, would you consider trading DJ Moore with how bad this quarterback play has been of the Panthers? It's just a bad time to uh, play him or uh, trade him because his value is down so much. Um, it sucks. It's just, I, I really wish they would put PJ Walker in. Like, <laughs> that's where we're at, the XFL Mr. quarterback. Mr. XFL himself. Yeah, it's, uh, I think you got to ride it out because I don't think you can get the return that you deserve for him. Mm-hmm. So if you still have him on this, on your team and you didn't move him earlier, it's uh, I think it kind of stuck a little bit. Yeah. Stuck slightly. And I think with that, we've run through all of the games of the week. JJ, I'm going to give you the quiz. Where can you find this damn show? Oh boy. Uh, obviously if you're watching now, we are on YouTube. We have a Twitter page, garbage underscore time FF. We are on Spotify, simple cast, Apple Podcasts, uh, Simplecast. I already said that. Did I? You did. Google uh, Podcasts. Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. And I don't know what else I missed, but. Only tune in. You did pretty good. Tune in. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, guys. And uh, also, we have another show, too. Garbage Time presents the MMA Podcast, which is also now on YouTube. You can see uh, Ryan and Casey's goofy faces as they do recaps of what they think is going to happen for the week. And that should be coming up again weekly. Uh, it was a great card for this week, and we had some good matchups. And they did all right this week. They've had better weeks, but they're going to give it another shot this week. So give that show a call. You can also listen to them anywhere podcasts are available. Also at www.garbagetimeff.com, where you can leave us voicemails, and we'll play them live on the show and try not to cut you off halfway through it like we did Christian today. And I think with that, JJ, are we ready to get out of here? And hopefully your Bears can pull out some Matt Nagy magic. 
There's, those two words shouldn't be associated with each other. But no, we'll see pink, what happens. No, pink slip and Matt Nagy should be. Yes. Good night. Good night, guys. Thank you.